Hello and welcome to Mosh Pet. I'm Ellie Kumar. And I'm Cy Beckwith. And it's International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Do I have like a song like you have at Christmas and that? I'm going to write one. I'm not going to sing it now because everyone will turn off. For next year. Ne- that's that's our goal for this year. And obviously if anyone's listening who can write songs and play music and sing better than me, please feel free to get in touch and we will write an International Women's Day anthem. If only we did a podcast about music that bands listen to and that would actually interview Delia. Yeah. I know. It would just it would be so convenient. So for International Women's Day though... We've decided we're going to do a special episode talking about lasses in bands. We're going to talk about our favourite female-fronted, female-featuring, all-female bands. Because there are so many. And what we're going to talk about today doesn't even scratch the surface of the amazing bands. But we've picked a few of our favourites who we think should be highlighted. And you say we, and this is symptomatic of the plight women face every day, you're doing it. I've sit my mail ass down and went, you give us your list. You he chat. thought he'd make me do all the work for this one. Because the patriarchy. <laughs> no, I think it's nice because men give their opinion on everything all the time. I'm as guilty of that as anyone. So what we're going to do is just let you actually, as a woman, talk about women and bands. And because there's not loads, so we'll have a little chat first before going to your list about how there isn't obviously as many women in bands as there are men in bands. Why do you think that is, Ellie? I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I think I've even talked before about when I was a teenager and started listening to alternative and rock music, my mum was horrified and the idea of me buying Kerrang! magazine or going into the rock and metal sections in places like HMV, she would, she would hate it. She wouldn't, she wouldn't let me play that sort of music in the house because she just hated it so much. So I think starting from really young, there's a lot of influence on young girls and women not to listen to this sort of thing. We're not as shown it. It's not shown in movies that are aimed at younger women. You you rarely get kind of rock and alternative music on soundtracks to a lot of those sort of rom-coms until about kind of the mid-2000s. And then there was... Uh, like so many alternative. Do you remember there was a film with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen that had Simple Plan in it? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was called New York Minute. I mean, it shows how much I loved this film that I know the plot essentially. And they went to New York, and there there was shenanigans were involved, as typical of a two thousands Mary Kate and Ashley movie. But the band Simple Plan were quite a key part of the plot, and then played a lot of their music. And I remember I loved that film. I showed it to my eight-year-old cousin. She loved it. She was like, what's this music? Because she'd only ever listened to like Disney music at the time. So there was it started to come in a bit later. And I think as well now, there's a lot more people talking about it. And there's a lot more women in rock and metal being shown on TV and in sort of like alternative press and things like that. There's a lot of women in bands all that end up being the front woman of a band. There's not loads of, like, women drummers, Karen Carpenter, but there's not loads, and there aren't loads of women who just play instruments in bands. So I'll go through some honourable mentions that I've got, but I love female front of bands. So my joint first-place favourite band of all time is Pretty Girls Make Graves. They are female-fronted. Uh, the band Priests were probably my favourite band in the last 10 years. They're female-fronted. And actually have other lasses in the band as well. They that's win. good, that's, yeah. yeah. And Pretty Girls Make Graves had a last play of keyboards and had a female singer at the end. You don't have to spell. just, like, add in as many as you can think of just to, like, tickle the boxes. I thought that's what International Women's Day was. <laughs> this is not. 
We should probably rethink this whole thing. No, it's fine. This is this is how we are going to celebrate women in bands. So you've got your list, but like people add one honourable mention. Some of them might be on the list. Like Courtney Love, who I don't really like whole, but like she is so important and influential. Everyone, even if you're not that into sort of rock music, I think you know who she is. And... She's an Oscar nominated actress, isn't she? Is she? Is she? I think so. She. For um, what? I'm sure it was for uh, the People versus Larry Flint. With Woody Harrelson about oh, the guy okay. who invented Hustler magazine. I'm I sure she got Oscar nominated film. for that. I've not seen a lot of films, like most films, except Mary Kate and Ashley films, I haven't seen, I'm not gonna lie. That leaves a whole <laughs> wealth of films you could watch. But yeah, so Oscar, Oscar nominated like that and went out with Alan Partridge for a bit, which still baffles me. That's wild. Isn't it? It's just mad. I think about it all the time. Because I don't imagine I imagine it was in character. Is this like our generation's Marilyn Monroe marrying Arthur Miller and being like yeah. the mo- like the bombshell marrying like this nerdy like playwright and it's like Courtney Love going out with Alan Partridge. That's what I think it must be. It's very weird, isn't it? That's wild. Yeah. Well, good on her. Yeah, good for Hull. It's em- empowerment in it. So good for Courtney Love. Then other ones you've got like Mayor Melissa Alfdemar who was in Smashing Pumpkins. To be clear, very good. Uh, you've also got Kim Deal from the Pixies. I think is one of the most important women in rock and alternative music. And the Pixies are a phenomenal band. And then metal ones. I reckon you will have got loads of the female-fronted metal bands on your list. I do. I have a whole section to, to, dedicated to that. Because um, I have tried to kind of go with genre. So, like, look at a couple of different genres. Now that you've mentioned it, pretty much all of the bands that I have picked... The, the women that I'm talking about are singers. But I think that's because, and we've talked about the way that I listen to music. I like music I can sing along with. So especially when it's a female singer, I really appreciate that. And that really connects with me because it's like something that I can sing along to in the car or like in the shower. I get that. I totally get that. Which is why I find it, diff- it's interesting that my favourite bands are often female fronted because... I'm not a woman, Nelly. Shock. I mean, that's a surprise. Just to let you know. But uh, yeah. The one honourable mention that I don't think will be on your list, might be, I don't know. But Pauline Taylor from the band Penetration is from County Durham. Lovely. So they were a really influential and brilliant punk band uh, who started in mid, like, mid late 70s when punk did and been around for a while. But she's got her own Wikipedia page. She's arguably like one of Alternative Music's best exports from this region. She on your list. She's not. Again, I haven't really looked into punk very much because it's a genre that I don't know that much about, which, and I thought when I was planning it, I was like, I'll let I do a little bit of work, you know, and do some work. And I knew that you are really into punk. So I felt like you would have that kind of covered. Yeah, we can chat about loads because there's loads and loads of punk bands. Like, would you consider the Distillers to be a punk? Yeah, they're a punk band. Obviously, it's a Brodie Dahl. And Brodie Dahl's iconic. Yeah. Like she, there was a whole generation of women who just, that was their look. Yes. And fair play to her. So yeah, there's people like her. Uh, Paulie Taylor from Penetration, I think we should do a special episode about that band as well, being up front up here. Oh, yes. I mean, if you're listening, then please get in touch because we would love to chat to you. Let's do that. Yeah, she's definitely listening. Right? Obviously. So, hello, Pauline. Uh, we'll be in touch soon. Right. Now, do you want to go through your list, Ellie? Okay, well, since we've been on, we've been talking about punk already, so I'm going to ease us in with a bit classic rock. Um, and I think probably one of the most famous women, female-fronted bands um, around at the moment is Hailstorm, um, fronted by Lizzie Hale. 
or Lizzie Hale, because it's spelled L-Z-Z-Y. Um, I mean, her voice is incredible. It's so powerful and it's just amazing. And she plays the piano, she plays the keyboards, she plays the guitar, she does everything. Like I reckon if you sat her behind a drum set, she would have no problem with that. The music is such classic rock. It's great. It's just, I don't know anyone who doesn't like, you know, who would have an issue listening to it. Like my mum will listen to Hailstorm because it's not anything offensive. It's not, you know, particularly extreme, but it's just good songwriting. She's got a fantastic voice and she's really supportive of her fans. She interacts loads with them on Twitter and always supports particularly like female fans. I mean, their concerts feel like a community for anyone, for any gender, but I've always noticed that it's one of the few alternative rock and metal bands that when I go see them, there's a lot of mums and daughters that go, like even to like fairly young kids who are maybe like 10, 12. And I just think that's really lovely. That's probably lovely. And it's nice she interacts with fans because I think creating that community for women must feel really important. There was an article Vice magazine did like seven, eight years ago about women's safety at alternative gigs and because men get a bit handsy in that and the alternative scene because I think it's often made that it's things that are acceptable in that because lads are quite like often men who like metal are a bit nerdier and a bit more but they still have behaviours that are typically male and typically horrible towards women and sometimes it's worse can I say with the kind of like less macho kind of men it can be worse and it can yeah because it can sometimes then get psychological or it can get like a way that they explain oh no 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 I'm not like that I'm not like that I'm just a nerdy nice guy yeah and soft boy music create a whole thing so like that sort of post emo a man with an acoustic guitar the amount of men I knew who had an acoustic guitar behaved appallingly towards women but thought I could write a song about it and like look nice and got hand tattoos I'm, I'm a creative man I'm so sensitive no you're being an ass. But that Vice magazine article is all about that. So I think where female front of bands can create a sense of community with other women must feel really nice. And particularly, like you say, going to a gigs where it's a lot of mothers and daughters and it just feels like a really nice, safe space. I've never once felt uncomfortable at a Hailstorm concert. I will say that. That's harsh. I've felt uncomfortable in a lot of places. But Hailstorm concerts, I have never once felt uncomfortable. So That's great. And like you say, like it's accessible version of alternative music strong starting point i know i'm maybe i should have rethink this no all of these are really strong and i'm really pleased with all my choices good as you should be who's next so gonna move on to probably the like biggest section but like symphonic metal so i think you know what i mean by this orchestral things like evanescence with temptation those sort like the ones that kind of defined maybe the early 2000s for a lot of young gothy girls. We've talked about Evanescence. We've talked about how Fallen from 2003 is one of my favourite albums because I think it's perfect. It's also 20 years old as of like this week, which is a little bit worrying. But, and there's so many bands in this category that, I mean, I could go on and on forever. I think Evanescence is really important to talk about because they were probably one of the most famous that really kind of broke through into like mainstream radio play and really introduced a lot of particularly my age young women into 
listening to alternative music and women. And Amy Lee has been very vocal about her mental health issues, how she was mistreated by the press when Evanescence was starting out. And she was incredibly young when they got really famous. And I mean, if you listen to her voice then as a, I think she was about 20, 21 when Fallen... Is that all she was? Yeah. She was really young. That's mad, that. It's like when Hayley Williams got famous because she was like teenager. Very young. Yeah. It's mad. And so listening to that, so from what, 20 years ago, her voice is epic. Her voice is fantastic. I went to see them on their most recent tour in November last year. Her voice is still epic. Her voice still like can give you goosebumps. She can still play the piano like a boss. She's just brilliant and I love her. Um, so that's so a fallen Evanescence. So Evanescence is definitely probably one of my favorite of that kind of genre. But I think there is also the risk that people often are all kind of goth metal bands. It's just like Evanescence. They're all copies of Evanescence and they're really not. And but I get- that underestimates as well what came before Evanescence. So there's bands like, do you remember May Ruin? Yes. Carrie B. So there was loads of female-fronted goth bands that opened the door for people who were into that genre of music. But it then meant if you were young and you got into Evanescence and you picked up a copy of Kerrang, there was loads of bands you could go and enjoy retrospectively. Is that the right word? I think so. Let's say it is. Yeah, that yeah. One. But yeah, that must have felt... So for you who got in Evanescence at that age, like, was there a lot of bands you then discovered off the back of them? Yeah, and so, I mean, I think Within Temptation is a big one that people often, they lump them together. They they have similarities. I mean, they did a co-headlining tour last year. But they are so different. And particularly with Within Temptation, there is more of a feel that they're... It's not just a female singer... They are a full band. They have a lot of collaboration. I mean, one of my favourite Within Temptation songs is What Have You Done? What Have You Done Now? Which was a collab between the Life of Agony front person who is now Mina Caputo. And that, like, that's a great song. And when they perform it live, it's really sensitively done because obviously, I mean, A, it's a guest, so you can't always have the guest on stage anyway when you're doing live shows. But their music in general, like within Temptations, they've got so many albums and they're all really different. They're not at all like Evanescence. So I think that's always been a really unfair comparison that people say, and it makes me think, okay, but you don't really know, you've not really listened to them then, have you? But it's like lasses, it happens in comedy loads where just because you're a lass, you get compared to all other female comedians. It doesn't matter what style of comedy you are. Yeah. It's just, are oh, you one of them lass comedians? And I must feel so infuriating. You must be. And, you know, I don't, I've never been in a band that I, or in a situation like that, but it must be so frustrating. And then in a similar vein, another sort of symphonic metal band I really like is Nightwish. Nightwish have had several different singers involved and I mean as an avid Kerrang reader in the kind of like late noughties early teens there was a lot of drama going on in that band there was scandals there was backstabbing there was betrayal it was very it was like a soap opera it was great but I've liked all of their different singers and I've liked the music that they make which again is completely different and just because I know I'm banging on about this topic um one more that I'm going to put in um, is a current sort of symphonic metal band that are newer and they're called um, 
They're called Amaranth. Um, and the singers Elise Reed or Rid. Um, and they're just great. And it's another band that I listen to a lot. I constantly have them sort of in playlists at the moment. And they have a mix of sort of male singer, female singer, and then like unclean vocals as well. And they're just a really like classic gothy metal band. Yeah, you've talked about these before. I remember them being on the playlist. I enjoy them. It's good. It's a nice little variety for that. And that is, to me, that's like the Ellie genre. This is yours. Where it's like, you know with as well, Evanescence, right? How like their biggest song, Bring Me To Life, is like, I feel like this is women's plate in music. It's like she's just having a nice time singing a song and then this bloke just turns up and starts rapping over it. Let's be honest, we don't need that part. No, and she didn't even want it. No. Again, like she said no and this bloke's like, ah, well, have you heard me rapping no? So And, again... When I saw them, when when they play it live, they don't have the rap in it, which is great, and it, I appreciate that. I'm not into that. It is fun, though, isn't it? Like I know it's it ruins the song, and but it's just so of a time when it comes on. It like sort of like a goth night. Yeah, you have to try and rap along with it, even though it's bad. It's not good rapping either. It's not. He's not a rapper. He just wanted to talk. It's like he reminds us of when um, Paul from S Club Seven tried to start a new metal band. Do you remember uh, that? What? No. What? Oh, yeah. It's a separate episode. Right. So when right, Paul... I can't wait for this. I want to call him Paul Catamore. I'm sure that's Paul Catamore. That's your name now, anyway. Right. The one who went on... Um, it's heartbreaking, but also really funny. Uh, he went on Loose Women to talk about how he'd lost all his money. And, like, it was sad because, obviously, he's got no money left. But also, like, his turn of phrase was just on point. I... I didn't... I don't know any of these ins and outs about S Club 7. Sorry, what I've done is I've turned this International Women's Day special to be about a man from S Club 7. I apologise, we'll get this done, <laughs> and then we'll have the Paul Catmull... International Paul Catmull Day. I feel like he deserves that. Yeah, but yeah, he left S Club 7 to start a new metal band. Excellent. He saw wearing baggy jeans and chains and had his hair in spikes. Oh dear. Oh dear. And if you ever need to know why men shouldn't be allowed in bands and women should... That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on from him. Is he not on your list? Sadly not. Oh, well, I mean, I can check, but... No, it's all right. Any of the others from S Club 7? I don't... The one that was racist on Big Brother, she's not in. No, she's not allowed. I don't... I mean, right, everyone loves Rachel Stevens, though. Yeah. She was the pin-up of many a young man in my uh, school. Um, I don't know if she's done any rock or metal. I think she'd be good, though. Yeah, I think she'd be class. And she'd be Tina. better than Paul Cat. Her and Tina and I, Catamol, and uh, That's more S Club 7 chat than I expected from this episode. It's lovely. As always, we always end shall up we... talking about nonsense. Yes, we do. Uh, shall we bring it back? Professionalism, Ellie, what you got? Who's next? So uh, my next section or subgenre is like theme metal or power metal. So I like a lot of bands that are very, let's say nerdy, um, where they are themed after things like the dwarves from Lord of the Rings and things like that. Um, it's it's a hugely male-dominated genre. I think it's probably one of the most male-dominated yeah. genres. Because let's be honest, most of the time women have better things to be doing. Yeah, women aren't going to start a band like Manowar, where they're all in like big costumes no. and singing about being just blokes at war. Or being dwarves digging a hole and finding jewels in the ground. Well, they can be if they want, Ellie, and that's oh, the yeah. point of this episode. If you want to do that, pet, you you can be a dwarf. But, you know, we, we usually have other things to be doing. Um, however, it is a genre that I really like, and there are a few bands that do 
really kind of take ownership of that. And one of my favorites is called Brothers of Metal and they are Vikings and they dress up as Vikings. So the singer is called Eva Eriksson. Um, they're a Swedish band and A, she's got an incredible voice. It is phenomenal. Also, their songs are just really great. So they're all kind of Viking themed, which is a big topic. Like everyone loves a bit of Vikings if you're into kind of alt culture. Um, their songs are great. They also make really funny videos that are very, I don't even think they're like satirical. I think they're just like, we don't have a lot of budget for this. So let's just have fun. Nice. Which I love. But yeah, so they are, re- they're a really good band and their songs are great. And she's got a great voice. It's weird though, how Viking culture is so revered because women were trekked intermittently great within Viking culture. Like there's loads of good examples of like shield maidens and stuff like that. I've watched a TV show Vikings, so basically if it's not factual. Are you telling that me that, what, is it Netflix or Amazon? One of the, the big corporation that made a drama series about a historical time period is not 100% factually accurate. No, it definitely is. And I've watched many YouTube videos that <laughs> back that up. But there's more examples of women being stronger than Viking culture than what you think at first glance. Because it appears like obviously the reputation Vikings had when they invaded lands, not great. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's a lot to unpack there that also that I think you can romanticize. I will tell do. you a fun fact about Vikings that actually their whole reputation of, of like pillaging and is, is true and partly true, but also there is a lot of evidence that a lot of people from sort of Scandinavia came over to farm and to settle and to sort of integrate themselves into the communities. And the Saxon women loved them. And do you know why they loved them? Why? Because they bathed. Viking men bathed. Only oh, Saxons didn't. Saxon men didn't. And the Saxon like men and leaders got really annoyed because all these women were like, look at these beautiful... Yeah, and I mean, you know, long blonde hair, gorgeous. Look at these men coming over that don't stink of shit. And all the men were like, well, well, this isn't fair. It's like, well, you could have a bath. But they didn't. But the so, Viking men did. Viking men washed. They went to Jarrah as well, you know. There's like a statue of Vikings in Jarrah. Is that where they brought hygiene to yeah, the UK? Yeah, they, um, they built, I think they built the big Morrisons. I might be wrong, but I'm sure that was probably Vikings. Well, they needed somewhere to buy all their shampoo. Exactly. What, um, I bet, do you reckon Vikings smell really nice and if they bathed all the time? Or would they still have been proper humming? I mean, let's be honest. I feel like this is what, like, 7th century hygiene levels. So... Yeah, you're, bar- you're bathing, but you're not going to smell like lynx. Although, actually, maybe that's a good that's, thing. Uh, that's better. Yeah. Don't that, that smell. It's like teenage boy, in it? And with, like, right, so you know time travel and that. How when people travel back in time. So, say you've got a film about time travel and they travel back, like, Viking times. Nobody's ever, like, bloody hell, this stinks of shit. This would be my first. Have you been to the Viking thing in York? Jorvik? No. Because it stinks. Like, they do a yeah. whole thing where they make it smell like shit because it would have smelled like shit all the time. Well, that's what all time travel films should be, an hour and a half of people just complaining about the smell. What year did they, like, was things like plumbing invented? Because what? I feel like up until that point, everywhere just smelled like shit all the time. Yeah, No matter where have... you were. Oh, I don't know. That's something we'll find out for a plumbing spe- International Plumber's Day special. Ellie's history lesson of the day that is completely fact-checked and is not made up off the top of her head at all. I feel like I learned loads then. Now let's learn about the bloody bands that were coming out of talk yeah, about Ellie. Yeah, sorry. Um, 
So I've got one more sort of genre and that's like death and black metal, which again is another massively male dominated genre. Um, there's a lot of like history of, of not only sort of sexism, but racism and all sort of things like that within, I mean, most genres. There's huge amounts of sort of male dominated black metal bands. Um, but one I wanted to focus on is Arch Enemy, who have been going for years. Um, they're one of the first really like heavy, heavy bands that I got into as a teenager. And their vocalist is a female, but unlike a lot of female fronted metal bands, um, they use only like unclean vocals, which a lot of female singers don't do. So, at the time when I was listening to the, the vocalist was Angela Gossow, but also their um, their newer singer from the last sort of few years has been Alyssa White Glues. Um, both of them do the sort of growling rather than singing melodically, which I just love. And like, it's not my favorite type of music to listen to all the time, but I'll always have a soft spot for Arch Enemy because I just like that they were like, no, I can do this just as well as a bloke can do this. Lasses doing grotty vocals, I'm absolutely here for, but it doesn't happen a lot. No, it's, there's a few. So another band that are, is the band Ginger, who are sort of around at the moment, um, who are a Ukrainian band. Their female front person sings melodically as well as doing the unclean vocals and the growling, which I think is quite a nice combination. Yeah, it's great. I've not heard much of them, so I'll have to go away and listen. They're definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Are we going to make add loads of International Women's Day songs to the playlist? Yes. Yeah. So I'll put at least one song from kind of all the bands that we've talked about today on the Spotify playlist if you want to have a listen. Lovely. I'll make some further recommendations to you separately, Ellie. I'll have a think. Because other ones that are like, like Brody Doll, Distillers are one of my favourite bands, but there's loads of really good punk bands like uh, X-Ray Specs from the 70s, Unreal, Polystyrene's influence as a vocalist stretches so far. Even I reckon she's a massive influence on Beth Ditto from Gossip. And Gossip get underrated as being an alternative band. Yeah. But she was somebody who obviously didn't are have the Are they not the Gossip? Or am I wrong about that? Well, you I, might be right, yeah. Have I been calling them the Gossip all the time in the way that old people say the Facebook? Well, I don't know. I say Gossip. But yeah, it might be the Gossip. Oh, you might be right. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll Google it. I mean, not now. We've got things to do. It's International Women's Day. Got presents to open, haven't you, Ellie? Of course. What do you do for International Women's Day? Do you ever celebrate in any way? I wait and see if Mrs. International Women's Day has come down the chimney and given me some presents. Nice. And then I smash the patriarchy. That's good. Do you not do that every day, Ellie? I feel like you do. I do that every day, but yeah. let's be honest. But I'm a little bit more aggressive about it. On That's good, Women's and Day. I feel like you should be. Yeah. But yeah, you're always smashing it. You're on the radio, aren't you? You're constantly platforming women, making the world a better place. Is that what women do? That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, why are you saying nice things? You never say nice things. That's it, National Women's Day. And then we'll come back later. When's International? I, I uh, just want to know. I knew you were going to bring it up. It's weird, isn't it? It's like November, though, International Men's Day. 9th of November is International Men's Day. Or every day. Like, I'm very aware it's, <laughs> it's every day, isn't it? There's international... Is there any other good international days that we could do specials of? We've had... Is, would you say pa- Pancake Day is international, isn't it? Because it's sort of international. That's one of my favourite days. Yeah. Just in general. I, I don't think there's a special episode we can do for that, though. Can we just eat pancakes? We've also missed it because it was in February. I but there's like a February every year. I don't know if you know this, Ellie, but like <gasps> every year comes around. I can like, have pancakes again? Again? I mean, you can. Shh, let's keep it on the down low. We can just eat pancakes whenever you want. This is what I thought about Christmas, is that I've got a packet of pigs in blankets in my freezer. And I was like, oh, they're not going to last in the freezer for another year. And then I was like, 
Oh, I could just cook them and eat them, couldn't I? That's the best example of you smashing a patriarchy ever, that you were like, I'll eat what I want, when I want, and ain't no man going to tell me what to do. Exactly. And if you want, I think that's the best anecdote we could have ended this episode on. I agree. So Happy we- International Women's Day. Yeah, happy International Women's Day. Hope International Woman Santa person gives you everything that you wish for and go eat some pigs and blankets.